Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Hello, my name is Dave Hanready and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 38 of the No Encore Music Podcast, Extravaganza Spectacular Music Podcasts. Joined, as always, by Colin Regan. Hello, how are you getting on? I'm getting on well, man. I'm doing well. We don't have Craig. Oh, wait, we do have Craig this oh, week. Oh, Hunter Hurst Hanready. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Sean Conroy special. He wanted Hunter. Triple H mentioned it three weeks in a row, which we've now accomplished. I'm what delighted. A stunning nickname. That's uh, really good. Really good one, yeah. I think I've been trumped. That might have been the one that mm. I was thinking you'll never get. Yeah, to- I was thinking as I was walking over, because it sounds like something you'd be anticipating. I thought you were going to go with Hunter Hurst Hansley. I was going to go with um, medicinal cannabis for the day that's in it, because as we're recording, <laughs> yeah, the doll is passing a bill that makes that Craig, not cannabis, Craig's but cannabis. Edit, Craig's, <laughs> Craig's out of his mind on <laughs> recreational drugs. Uh, give me that one again. Hunter Hurst Hanrady. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's really. I'm, wow. He, he was my favorite wrestler. Um, what happened? I don't really watch wrestling. The whole Stephanie anymore. thing? No, no, I thought he was great. Um, mm. Yeah, big Triple H guy. He looks very old now. He always looked about 50, but now He's he nearly looks... 50, I believe. Yeah. And he still hits the gym. Yeah. Asterix. <laughs> yeah, asterix, I think. He's it's a fair. gigantic human being, and I hope he... And it's a gigantic asterix. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, Colin Regan <laughs> yes, was uh, kind of pumping iron of a different kind this week when you uh, went to uh, Ikea. <laughs> yeah. Kev from Red Enemy's favourite place in the world. Uh, yeah, also obviously... Uh, uh, Beloved place of uh, the missus, uh, coming from that part of the world. 
uh, the half Swedish size the furniture of her, store. <laughs> <laughs> the half Swedish size of her just gets all sorts of uh, all sorts of excited. Yeah, so it was a lot of putting together flatback furniture for the week. You went there twice. Yeah, twice. Oof. Bit of a double header. I, I don't think I've ever assembled something from Ikea. It's, is it as difficult as people say, or is it actually No, grand? it's not, but it's, it, it's, it's taxing, and inevitably, what always happens with me whenever I do anything with it is, the very first part of it, you're like, grand, this is definitely the right side up, I have it now, and then you get about halfway through and you go, oh no, wait a minute, this was wrong, I have to go back and do it all over again. Okay. And it's just well, nerve-wracking when you're starting taxing. out as well. Yeah, it's very nerve-wracking. I, 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 in my homestead, uh, I have the same shelves that is on the album cover of M83's Hurry Up, We're Dreaming. Oh, wow. Is that part of your Did love you? for M83 <laughs> explained? I think it was genuinely kind of a happy coincidence. I was delighted. I was like, holy shit, this is great. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, you also had the, uh, the big shop. This is a subculture, yep. a fascination and a phenomenon that Cullum gets involved in. Retail O'Regan over here. I love it. I love how fascinated you are by this, David. It's, I don't know, I think it's just one of those ba- base bits of being a grown-up where you start to plan a little bit in advance yeah. and you buy stuff that can last a month all in one go. Yeah, but there's just something about the way that you sell it, you know? It's a real ritual for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it seen, happens regularly. <laughs> as rituals do. Yeah. And you have to plan it out well, you see, like so that you get the heavy stuff at the bottom of the trolley so that you don't put it in later and it squashes all of the breakable stuff that you might have in there. Of course. Hey listeners, can you tell that we didn't have much of a preamble this week? (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to talk about weed some more, but whatever. No one seems to care. Okay, let's get into the news. Let's get into the music news. Uh, And yeah, let's talk Spotify. Because apparently we're all listening to the same thing, I guess. Uh, I am a Spotify subscriber. Uh, They've unveiled lists of the most streamed artists, songs and albums on the platform this year. For the second year in a row, Drake has been crowned their most streamed artist, attracting 4.7 billion streams in 2016. I thought we were going to do a whole build-up where we did the top five, but okay, it's Drake. Despite his album, Views being an exclusive to Apple Music for the first two weeks of its release back in April. He's the most streamed artist ever. And One Dance is the most streamed song to grace the service. He's been unstoppable this year. A true global superstar, said Stefan Blum, Spotify's chief content and chief strategy officer. What an awful name for anybody who's actually involved in a creative industry. Stefan Blum. Blum? No, I was <laughs> more talking title. his job title. Yeah, yeah. Oh, chief content, chief strategy officer. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one of those makeshift titles that will change numerous times throughout his career, I'm sure. He says, with the top album and the top song, as well as the successful Summer 16 tour, Drake continues to engage his fans in a way that only Drake can. Uh, he doesn't add by, by pouring, crying in by the pouring the fuck out of them. Uh, no surprise he's dominating the music industry. And it is disappointing uh, that he is dominating the industry, I would say, because I just don't get it, guys. Yeah, now hold on. If Views is the most streamed album, you have to like look at the data and go, did they listen to it the whole way through when they were streaming it? Or was it a one-click thing? Because that is a long, boring record. It's terrible, and I I don't even want to get to the bottom of this, but we will get into the most streamed artists 2016. Rather than, rather than doing a countdown, we'll just list it off. Okay, Drake's number one, Justin Bieber, Rihanna, 21 Pilots, and Kanye West are your top yeah, five. You can, yeah. Most streamed female, Rihanna, Ariana Grande, Sia, Adele, and Fifth Harmony. Uh, most streamed new artist, Zayn, of One Direction fame, is top of that list. And as you say, uh, the most streamed albums, The Weeknd is in there at number five with Beauty Behind the Madness, and we will be talking about Starboy in depth as our featured review this week. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of want to see, I want to test your guys' knowledge, if if you don't mind, because they did a thing where they broke it down with a top artist by genre. Okay. So I am going to fire you some genres that have been released as the number one hitters. 
I deliberately didn't include this in the notes. They're looking at me with scared faces right now. Right, yeah. It's an impromptu game. It's an impromptu quiz. Love a pop quiz. Alan, give us an impromptu stink. It's literally a pop quiz. Or is it? Maybe it's a ska quiz. (laughs) It's Craig versus Cullum. Okay, top artist by genre in Spotify streams. Classic rock. Um, I'm going to go with Queen. Cullum? Uh, the year that's in it, perhaps Guns N' Roses. The answer is The Beatles. Oh, of course. Classic okay. rock, though? Four really? lovable lads from Liverpool. Classical music in general, guys? Classical music? Yeah. Beethoven. Nope. Mozart. Yes. That's one for Cullum. Fuck. Country and Western, new. New country and Western. Oh, the Cullum's got this sewn up. Uh, you know what? This is a difficult one to judge. I'm going to go for... Eric Church. Craig? Unless Billy Ray Cyrus has launched a comeback in the last year, I don't know any new country artist. The answer is someone I think that you've interviewed, Colin, Luke Bryan. Oh, yeah, Luke Bryan. Oh. So he's still in one. Uh, old country. Old Willie country. Nelson. Uh, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. That's two for Colin. Come on, Craig, pick this up, man. I would argue that Johnny Cash was more rock and roll, but whatever. EDM, electronic dance Skrillex. music. No. Uh, dead nice. The Chainsmokers. What? Emo? Now keep in mind, not all of these are, you know, brand new artists and brand new. My chemical chemical romance. romance. I said it first. You're both wrong, but because (laughs) you said it together in such wonderful, you know, simpatico nature, I'll give you guys another guess. Um, I can't even think of other emo. Fallout Boy aren't emo, but then it could be such a broad definition. Well, they would qualify because I'm going to go Fallout Boy. It's Panic at the Disco, of course. Hip hop. Drake? Drake? Yes. <laughs> he said that first. 3-1. No, you both got it. 3-1. Jazz? Kenny G. Jazz. Miles Davis. No, it's going to be somebody kind of new and crap, isn't it? Uh, Jamie Cullum. Female artist, not new or crap. Oh, okay. Uh, fair enough. Um, Diane Warwick or someone? Nope. I don't know. If you went to see Inland Empire last week, you, this would have played over the end credits. I didn't go and see this it. This is the worst game ever. Generic. Nina Simone is the answer. Oh, shit really jazzy I mean she did some jazz songs Latin Enrique it is Enrique finally <laughs> pulled one back 3-2 <laughs> three, two. Three, two. this Ooh, game okay. is heating up metal I imagine this Metallica is- yes, yes. yes. Oh. New Age what what is New Age Enya yes it is <laughs> steals it 4-3 Craig this it's is like amazing 1999 all over again at the debt pop Taylor Swift still? Although Ariana Grande. Uh, it's Drake, which I don't agree with. Oh, okay. Oh, then Justin Bieber probably if he was second. Well, it should have multiple been. categories. Yeah. R&B? Drake? Nope. Beyonce? Rihanna. Oh. Reggae? Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Yes, it is. I guess you both get a point there, so that's 5-4. Craig, we're coming to the end now. How many of these are there? Three more to go. What? <laughs> Three, Three more? more to go. <laughs> this feels exactly like when you're watching the Grammys, and they're like, and the best spoken word and the best, by a duo. And the best Christian rock unboxing record was... Okay, uh, reggaeton is the next genre. Sean Paul? It's Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm starting to question this. Two to go. Rock. They had one. a terrible album out this year. No, terrible album out this year. We, we reviewed it on the show. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes, it is. Oh, oh my God. They're it's not rock. We're out they of should tie. have been in reggaeton. We, <laughs> we are at a tie at five all as we go into the final one. Oh, shit. So I want you guys to, I want you guys to really think about this because right. this is bragging We need rights. buzzers for it, yeah. Soul. Marvin Gaye. No. Amy Winehouse. 
You wait. For, he has to get a oh, guess now. He has to get a guess. <laughs> he got a point, even though he said one of the answers after me. Whatever. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if we're playing it now, he's getting quite worked up about this, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He's bringing this game into disrepute. <laughs> Good soul artist who could be on top of the list. I am going to say. Luther Vandross and the answer is Michael Jackson and that brings oh. us to the end of the strange game that we just played there with five all you can't no, separate them there were so no winners I think the winner is obviously me as host of the podcast <laughs> certainly not the winner the is music <laughs> yeah I, I'm sure whatever sting Alan has bedded this down made that go a lot smoother I thought it would have been really good in my head. I did my best here, guys. I yeah. liked it. I liked it. Nonetheless. It got a bit exciting now when I had my comeback. You had a great comeback. <laughs> that was really good. Um, it was a real European night out in football <laughs> in the 90s or something. That's every episode from now on, course. They often are. Um, but yeah, Spotify. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, like it's. I, I don't know how I feel about this because it's, it's one of those evolving platforms. And the fact is, the weekend we mentioned there, who we'll be talking about later on, enjoyed the most Spotify plays in one day ever when, Sp- when Starboy came out on Friday. So ultimately, it kind of changes like the wind, really, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. One guy who's decided that he's definitely not going to be getting on board is Garth Brooks, um, the highest-selling solo performer in US history. And maybe it's for that reason, but uh, he certainly isn't going to be embracing the digital age anytime soon. Uh, He's said that, uh, you know, from day one, and he will still stand by the idea that radio is number one and it is always going to be where it's at. Yeah, he said, I've said since day one and I'll stand by it forever. Radio is the window between the artist and the people who allow that artist to be an artist. I don't think you do it without radio. They can laud streaming all they want, but still the discovery process is going to be terrestrial radio. It just is. Which seems very similar to Prince's kind of the internet is dead comment and just... being a ridiculous statement. <laughs> well, the thing is, coming from Garth Brooks, there are a couple of ways in which, both specific to him and generally, it kind of makes sense. I mean, first of all, you know, it's it's Garth Brooks, and most of his popularity is going to be in the United States. It's a huge country. If you do get on radio there, it has a massive boost, and sure. frankly, you don't need to go international as you would online. Secondly, countries that kind of a traditional market and I know this because I looked at you know we mentioned Luke Bryan there a minute ago the sort of plays that he's getting on Spotify like they're roughly equivalent to what Codeline are getting despite the fact that really? this guy is a stadium draw in the States because Spotify just isn't a thing for country fans um, plus <laughs> as well like it's Garth Brooks it's not like he was going to be like do you know how I get up with my fans? Snapchat. Yeah, <laughs> they've no Wi-Fi and like pickup trucks. <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> That's profiling, Craig, and I, and I <laughs> won't sorry, have it on I'm my sorry. show. I'm sorry, Garth. So, Garth Brooks, yeah, I mean, his new album's called The Gunslinger, perhaps mm-hmm. appropriately for a man who seems to be making a defiant last stand in a world that does no longer understand him. But, uh, just read the interview. It's actually a pretty good interview. I, I thought it was interesting. He's They're, a like, very interesting guy. This is the thing. I feel like it's, very, it's too easy to just go, oh, Garth Brooks, whatever. But like, I'm not a fan, but... Actually, uh, we should say that Josh Hughes, of who's appeared on the show and, of course, is our kind of our unofficial mascot, is a huge Garth Brooks fan. Uh, loves loves the man's work. I'm, um, I'm, I'm down with Garth Brooks, to be fair. Um, wasn't overly pleased with the time that he ruined my summer um, by having to report <laughs> daily yeah. on those concerts. But um, the dance is a tune. Yeah, but he's a really, he's a really interesting guy. The thing is, like when Garth Brooks is saying, like you know, that this is how you connect with the fans and blah blah blah. Like this isn't just some sort of stupid lip service artists being artists speak like he has a marketing degree from Oklahoma oh, yeah. State he, he's actually put thought into all of this stuff his career has been incredibly managed from long before there was digital platforms around and 
like I've no doubt that like even though he's sort of dismissing Spotify here, he's probably crunching the numbers to see when it will make so sense. So you don't think it's just old man shouts at cloud? No, I don't think so. Digital cloud. <laughs> well, what a band they weren't. <laughs> Digital Cloud. Can you imagine going to see a band called Digital Cloud? Yeah. That'd be the worst. Can. The absolute imagine worst reporting night on them of your like entire upstairs in Whelan's for a hot press four years ago. Horrific. Like seventeen cents. The uh, other thing, of course, is seventeen cents. What a band they were. <laughs> I think you get sort of the reverse <laughs> happening at times where you have young people in particular, but but sort of people in who are fans of digital streaming stuff like that, saying, you know, oh God, radio, what 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 an old and out of date concept that is. I'd rather listen to this playlist that someone has sat down and curated because that's their job. Which is basically what a re- radio DJ does, yeah. except with the, out the talking. And well, I mean, you know, like I mean, like radio. At least, at least community managers are keeping radio live by putting up fucking nonsensical photographs of dogs and people lying in bed on a Monday and going, "Oh, we all know how it feels, don't we?" On their fucking social media platforms. Thanks for ruining communication for the rest of us. You. Anyway, what? Why are why are community radio managers getting this? Not community radio, community management. Community oh. management is when you look after your social media feeds. Okay, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those. It's it's like that chief content and strategy officer. It's I thought it was like Kay Burley and the sad dog in Paris last year. God, oh, Kay Burley, sad, so sad. Before we get completely derailed any further. Um, I would like to posit a quote here from Garth in this interview. I said it was a good read. Uh, more of a general statement. He says, Your job as an artist is to make sure that vein of why people even listen to you in the first place isn't every record that you make. An album has to be who you are at the time you're making it. What kills me is we're kind of known as the traditional country artists now because when we started out, they wanted to hang us. But now, because uh, they didn't think we were anything near traditional country music. So as a country music fan, mm-hmm. Cullum, is he talking any sense there? And also, isn't it funny that someone says that who once released an album about you know the life of Chris Gaines when he did the the the, the Trent Reznor emo thing? Yeah, and that was a really good song, by the way. Was it okay? Do you not Lost in you. Let's have a listen. Bro- Great song, I think we can all agree. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a tune. Um, no, he's. I'm on the fence. <laughs> oh, both sides of the fence. Both oh, <laughs> there's a Garth Brooks pun for all you country fans out there. Um, I, I, I think Cullum wins the previous <gasps> quiz by what? default now. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't take that away from me. <laughs> it's a genre of music that has changed a lot. To be fair, um, yeah, you go down to that country to country festival in 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 the point, and I mean, you know, there's rock star production values there's guys who have more in common with professional wrestlers than what you traditionally expect as the sort of Stetson wearing country artists um, and yeah, it's probably not before time as well because Flor- it, a Florida Georgia line is that what they're called yeah Florida Georgia line they're, yeah, they're, like, they're like the ant and deck of country music they're basically. shocking <laughs> um, yeah and, and you know but like it, it was probably a slightly backwards genre it's fair to say in terms of female artists in terms of obviously any sort of variety in what they were actually covering and now granted it is very it's still very limited in terms of like guns trucks and beer yeah, all three if you can combine them in a song like "Beer in the Headlights," which is uh, pretty wonderful. But 
Well, yeah. before we move on, I should... Was uh, that segment Coleman Country, was it? <laughs> is that a thing now? <laughs> it could be. When Kanye has have, had a few quiet weeks, we need to find something. You just have some steel guitar and you're going, Coleman Country. Do not adjust your um, phone, I guess you're probably listening to us on. Uh, I should note at this stage, by the listeners, I apologise if I sound a bit under the weather. I am, in fact, under the weather. I'm fighting a cold and uh, doing my best, trying, trying to get through it, self-medicating. And uh, I, I, I sounded a lot worse two days ago. But, you know, I don't know. It was it was kind of cool as well. It was kind of husky. Like you say, give the doyle a few hours and when we get out of here, your self-medicating will be a lot more go, enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we talked about Kate Bush last week mm-hmm. for the first time on the show. And it was a big event. We're going to talk about her again? We're going to talk about her again. Everyone was excited she was back, in a sense. I mean, we got the live album of her London shows from a couple of years ago before the dawn. Extremely well received. And she had some things to say about those shows and you know stepping back into the spotlight she also talked about her friendship with Prince but in another interview with Canadian um, current affairs magazine McLean's she's been getting political as you would in a current affairs magazine and she's described Theresa May Prime Minister of the UK as wonderful um, which has just sent everyone that really loves Kate Bush mainly lefties into an absolute tizzy um, she was asked basically whether there was a fear um, after Clinton's, you know, recent defeat and the whole Brexit thing. And Bush replied, we have a female prime minister here in the UK. I actually really like her and think she's wonderful. I think it's the best thing that's happened to us in a long time. She's a very intelligent woman, but I don't see much to fear. I will say it is great to have a woman in charge of the country. She's very sensible, and I think that's a good thing at this point in time. Um, so there's been a lot of kind of ire and co- condemnation online. It seems like something that might have been taken out of context. And in previous interviews, she doesn't seem like someone who even bothers too much with the political. So I think she's literally just saying, it's nice that there's a strong woman there, as opposed to, I'm all for a Brexit. Yeah, she sounds like she's talking about Theresa May personally here. Yeah, um, she, yeah she also, I mean, you know, people have kind of been talking about, like, you know, outing herself as a Tory. And yeah. it's like, all right, like, she's not looking to chair the 22 or anything. Like, you know, she's she just seems to And in to fairness, like she was Theresa massive in there. the 80s. So <laughs> this is very true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's not like she's peddling Trumpian policies here or anything. So I think some of the reaction has probably been a little bit overblown. Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, it's also one of the things as well where, like, how often do you see things reported with headlines, with quotes in them, where ultimately somebody asked them a question specifically relating to an issue in the middle of an interview and you gave your answer at that time. I don't think she's looking to take down society or anything, but who knows? Harbingers come in different forms, guys. <laughs> it's true. It's interesting as well that fans put so much stock in you know what artists think politically in in those terms. I mean, it's it seems like people were genuinely devastated that she would even think of like you know giving a compliment to Risa May. It's just you know people saying, "Oh well, I can't listen to her music now." It's it's baffling, really. But yeah, I did like there one thing I saw online though, where somebody said, "Oh, good, we can all stop pretending that we like Kate Bush now." Because uh, <laughs> there's a bit of that though. Let's be honest. You know, she's a heritage artist. For a lot of people, probably don't even fucking listen to her. She's amazing. Amazing. Well, one band who are a heritage artist in their own country, <laughs> uh, and a band that I caught live this year, guys. I went Certainly, to. It's yeah. been a highlight of the year, was it? <laughs> what was the hashtag? Uh, the hashtag was Dave does Nickelback. And wh- who were the band? Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it didn't make my, my my gigs of the year though. It did my gigs of the year today, and it did. Macklemore no. made it though. But uh, Nickelback, of course, did. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Macklemore when you folks went properly Joe viral. And read about when I went to see Nickelback. That was really fun. Everyone enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, do you want to attempt to drink and drive in Canada? That's a question that we would ask Josh yes. if, if we were asking him a horrible question. Uh, obviously, you should never drink and drive anywhere. But if you do that in 
Kensington in Canada, the police force of this small town on Prince Edward Island will have a unique punishment for you, uh, along with, you know, your jail term and suspension of your license, of course. Uh, they will personally escort you to, the, to their to their prison, I guess, to their holding cell for the evening. And jail. They, and <laughs> they will play uh, the... Apparently, it doesn't specify, but I presume they'll be spinning around the blocks here, because they're going to play the, the at least some of, if not the entirety, of Nickelback album Silver Side Up. And they have made this known. It has, you know, lit up the internet. Everyone's very happy about it. It's kind of, uh, you know, I, Nickelback haven't weighed in themselves yet. But what do we think? This is like, we've heard stories before about like the likes of death metal and even in some cases Westlife apparently being used as torture music in places like Guantanamo Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this seems to be the next level of that kind I f- of thing. I feel like people that would be drink driving would probably enjoy Nickelback as they're hammered there. 100%. <laughs> if someone's in the back of a car and they're fucking locked and they're hearing like, you know, hey, you remind me. You're going to be like, turn that up. (laughs) It's a sing-along party at that point, isn't it? Like, flash those lights. Let's get this going. I don't think this is necessarily an effective deterrent. No. It's just them trying to be all banterific. Because I should note that when I went to that Nickelback gig, as a social experiment, by the way, dear listeners, um, I got fucking blitzed. And I had a really good time. <laughs> so that's that's the key to enjoying Nickelback. You'll yeah. see that that next week he'll be drinking and driving as a social experiment for the podcast. I won't be doing that. I don't condone that, and I also don't drive a car, so don't worry about anybody. But uh, no, seriously, if anyone's listening to us uh, while drinking and driving, please stop. There's I don't al- think anyone that <laughs> anyway, it's not something we have to worry about. But yeah, sorry, come. <laughs> no, I was going to say as well though. Like the other thing is, people keep picking on Nickelback with these sorts of ideas mm. and these sorts of stories, and they really do just take it in their stride. Like they're in on the joke, one hundred percent. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's almost like if you really don't like Nickelback, a bit like a controversial politician, like, don't give them the oxygen of publicity. Just, well, just let it alone. Like Royal Blood recently on Twitter kind of, like, had a go with them, and Nickelback just totally fucking put them in their place, and it was kind of like, well, lads, that kind of got you, didn't it? Yeah. And even when I was doing the hashtag Dave does Nickelback, I was like, I hope they don't really notice this, because, you know, it's all in good fun. Yeah, I mean, we said kind of a long time ago on, on this podcast that the joke was over, and I think it's really jumped the shark when the police are now kind of getting in on the act. Sting? <laughs> 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 that's who they should be playing the police should be playing the police when they bring you to the jail no? now that might upset me Very although good. Walking on the Moon's pretty good they have their odd moments yeah some good maybe songs maybe bad cover versions like when Machine Head did Message in a Bottle again 8 points deep I think I'm down like. have you heard Machine Head's version of Message in a Bottle no you're about to Okay, there's no amount of drink in the world that would really make that I liked tolerable it. on the way home. Well, let's have a listen to something else, shall we, Cullum? Let's. Uh, that was going to be my cue for Cullum to lead us into the Songs of the Week, but he didn't do it, so I'll do it. <laughs> it's our last Songs of the Week of the Year, and I'll explain why that is right after we hear the first track this week. And uh, let's go with somebody who came over to Dublin quite recently. Let's go with Paul Simon and a rework of his song. It's called Stranger. Milwaukee man led a fairly decent life, made a fairly decent living, had a fairly decent wife. She killed him, a sushi knife. Now they're shopping for a fairly decent afterlife. Mixed reviews Life is a lottery A lot of people lose 
So yeah, Paul Simon, top members of Chance the Rappers, Freaking Collaborators, The Social Experiment, reworked two tracks from his latest record into a wholly unique new song. What do we think of it, guys? I quite like it. I also quite like what he was saying that kind of was attached to the release, where he kind of really seemed to understand, I guess, his place in the modern music world that, you know, as something of a heritage act, he does have to create a brand new level of interest in what he's doing. He does have to change things up every now and then. And I mean, you know, is this an absolute home run? Probably not. But it is actually going to make me go back and listen to an album that I kind of just gave a a cursory spin to a few months ago. Yeah, that was my exact thinking. It kind of just puts it in a whole new context. And it it works really well, I think, at least for, I mean, the opening is very striking. And I think his words, he's just such a master with wordplay that he would kind of slot in in most backings, I think. Like, you know what I mean? You can you can use him. He's quite malleable. He'll always give you a good line. There's a great... Um, there's a couple of great li- lines in this. Most of bits are mixed reviews. There's, you know, he's just that kind of trademark wit and stuff. And I haven't been keeping up to speed with his stuff. By all accounts, the new album is maybe his best um, kind of post-Graceland effort. So I'm definitely going back to that. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, he makes the point, he says he's been familiar to the public for 50 years, and people are like, you know, there's a lot of preconceptions about him. They're like, is it going to be Graceland? Is it going to be me and Julia down by the schoolyard, Simon and Garfunkel? Uh, he says, to get people to listen to you with open ears, you have to really make something that is interesting, because you're prepared for it not to be interesting, which is a really healthy attitude to have, I think, at this stage of the game. Uh, he played the Three Arena recently, uh, Yeah, regular guest on the show, Andrea Cleary was there, and said it was an unbelievable evening of music. I've mm. been lucky enough to catch him a few times, and yeah, he's an incredible life. Um, but you did have to educate your yeah. other half recently. Yeah, the Viking wasn't overly familiar, it seems. I mentioned that Paul Simon was playing in town, and she was like, who? And I was like, you know, Simon Garfunkel, Bridge Over Troubled Water, and she's like, oh, okay, yeah, no, 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 yeah, I get it. Oh, they're playing. And I was like, well, no, not Garfunkel anymore. And she said, oh, yeah, is that because he got eaten by a tiger? <laughs> At which point I realised that she was thinking of Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> How did she make that connection? I no idea. No idea. <laughs> eaten by a tiger. Yeah. He um, wasn't even eaten by a tiger. I mean, he was bitten by... He survived, Roy. yeah. Garfunkel had Roy no survived. interaction with tigers whatsoever. When you initially <laughs> that we, that told me of, this, my of. thinking was, did Roy die? Yeah. And I thought, no, he, he's fine. I thought he had his face torn off. No, no he's okay. I, I, he's yeah, he's grand. Okay. I mean, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't a great day. <laughs> tigers, are, ti- okay. tigers are wonderful, majestic creatures, and we should be, we should respect them more. I think. Uh, let's have a song. <laughs> let's have a. It's a cover version of a song from many years ago by two gentlemen that we love to love on this podcast. This is Hamilton and Rostam with Mr. Tambourine Man. So before we get to the Bob Dylan cover that we're going to talk about, the lads uh, took issue there <laughs> off mic with me talking about tigers. I happen to love tigers, guys. Nothing wrong with that. I love tigers as well. I mean, I don't think I was ever lacking in respect for them. Though. No, Frank, frankly, I have respect. Ton of respect. Fear, <laughs> fear of anything. If anything, <laughs> I've got a tiger tattooed on my arm. See, mm-hmm. in a you suit. Do. 
Yeah. Yeah, although I've been watching Planet Planet Earth 2 and, and there's just this incredible tug of war between like you're rooting for the tiger to catch someone, but you're kinda rooting for the it's, prey to get yeah, away as well. Very mixed emotions. Now, I would just like to Now Dave, did a tiger. tiger have to get in that suit and pose for that tattoo to become a reality? Because you know, kind of slagging off Siegfried and Roy, you could be blamed for the same thing. No, it's an abstract thing that I dreamt about once. Oh, okay. And then a friend well, of mine fine. did a painting of it and I liked the painting so much that I got it tattooed. Beautiful. That's a tattoo update with Dave Hanrady, <laughs> which doesn't work very well on uh, on podcast. But uh, Dave will just post a photo of his tattoo on his Twitter next week. I will. Yeah. So Hanrady Dave. This, yeah, Hanrady Dave on Twitter. I will do that for everyone to enjoy. So, do we enjoy this though? Hamilton and Rostam. We previously reviewed their record, and we're big fans. Hamilton Lighthouser is coming to the Workmen's Club in Dublin in March, I believe, and I mm-hmm. cannot wait. Sadly, Rostam won't be there with him, but they have given us another gift of this cover, and I think it's really good. Yeah, it's pleasant, it's good, it's enjoyable. It has a weird kind of Christmassy vibe for me, just because we're now in December. It's a very New York song, they're doing that thing. Yeah, it's very cold. (laughs) And yeah, I I liked it, but you know, it's interesting with his voice um, and the kind of the talent he has, when he's doing kind of like, you know, kaleidoscopic psych kind of folky song it's kind of almost drone like there's not a huge amount for him to do so he's not really you know it's not really him getting to kind of show yeah, off all his talents as cover versions go it was almost a little bit too pure you would have liked to see it just let off the reins ever so slightly yeah they kind of did a velvet underground thing with it which yeah. was cool yeah but it's perfectly pleasant yeah I enjoyed it yeah I don't think it needs to be anything more than it is it sounded exactly like what I thought it would and I enjoyed it exactly as much as I, th- as I thought I would enjoy it and the type of thing that you would totally throw on you know as you're having a glass of whiskey in front of the fire thinking about tigers <laughs> in the dressing gown uh, let's go for something completely different uh, Burial who we've yet to feature on the show as well he's back with two tracks they sound very much like Burial songs uh, let's have a snippet of Night Market The Frontier That's Night Market, along with Young Death. And I really like Night Market. It takes five minutes to really get going, as you might expect. But once it does, um, I want to see the science fiction film that he's apparently written the lead motif for with this, because it just, it really conjures up all those images for me, and I think it it would work great in that respect. It could work well in the kind of X-rated Stranger Things theater. Um. But enough about your uh, <laughs> what you want the season two or Stranger Things to, to go X rated, okay? Um, but yeah, I, as you said before, we kind of led into the track. Um, it's very much burial, uh, which is interesting because this isn't quite an EP. It's two tracks. It's about thirteen minutes. But he's been doing this basically for the last what five years, five years plus, where he doesn't really go the album route anymore. He takes his time, but he releases kind of EPs and he goes in different directions and it's more experimental kind of freeform thing for him to just work in that way. With this, he's kind of just doing the burial thing. I mean, it's not quite parody, but it's all the kind of touchstones are there, the atmospheric thing. It's almost like field record or like street recordings. I mean, there's no real beats to these things. Um, You're just getting a kind of burial feel and that's enjoyable, but I don't know if he's really offering anything new. Yeah, as you say, Night Market takes a while and it was really only towards the second half of that track that I was in any way really taken by or interested in uh, either of these releases. I mean, 
you know, there's a lot to be said for a guy who knows how to sort of manipulate soundscapes like that, but maybe it just needs a little more by way of sort of melodic purpose uh, in order to actually make it worthwhile. Yeah, I fully agree. I mean, it's lacking in structure, arguably lacking in coherence, but it definitely has the ambient atmosphere that you would want it to have, and it definitely justifies the build-up, I think. I mean, I was kind of, you know, tapping my watch, listening to it for the first time, but it totally... uh, paid off in the way I wanted it to but at the same time with Burial I can take him or leave him I mean I admire it but I find it very difficult to just lose myself in it and you really gotta be in the certain kind of mood for it and but yeah I mean like again the sci-fi thing there is a track out this week which is tacked onto a sci-fi film it's by a band that I just don't quite really get the appeal of but we'll give it a go this is Imagine Dragons That's Levitate. comes from a science fiction movie coming out with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence called Passengers. It looks really bad. Mm-hmm. It looks really homogenized and generic and paint-by-numbers. I really don't get much from it. I don't have any intention of seeing it. And in that regard, this track works just fine. <laughs> yeah, it really say. does. It, like It's so innately the soundtrack to a movie, isn't it? And, you know, writing songs for movies or tying them in... It's difficult. I'd love to know the creative process for this because either way, it doesn't sound like they're exactly committed to their ideas on this song. No. And it sounds like they could very easily have just been given instructions, given clips from the movie. Well, this is the thing. Told, I mean, right around this. If I was going to house a genre for this kind of a song, I would say client-based <laughs> yeah, very much so. I mean, the plot of this film is that they're going to a, a different, uh, like a distant kind of planet, but they wake up 90 years early or something. And there's a line in it that's like, I know we're so far from where we need to be. And then they're talking about like, you know, shooting stars and stuff like that. It's really just like, what's the film about? All right. Yeah, we just, you know, we just do it. And then I kind of love it. You feel like it was <laughs> probably written uh, in tandem with their community manager and social outreach coordinator. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm sure there were lots of notes and there was lots of feedback and there was lots of, can we say this instead and amends amends yeah lots of amends and i mean in fairness that's fine that is quite it almost is a genre of its own and i i'm, I'm reminded of when anthony gonzalez of m83 worked on oblivion his ikea case <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. sorry. he worked on so happy with it he made his album cover <laughs> <laughs> this is really good i'm gonna totally do this uh, he worked on the film Oblivion, Tom Cruise sci-fi film Oblivion, and the soundtrack that he created is very good, and it has a couple of standout moments, Star Waves and the title track in particular, which Suzanne Sunfor is excellent, but he didn't like the experience at all, and he found it very stifling. He seemed to be quite shocked by this, uh, that working on a Hollywood production with Tom Cruise was going to lead to a lot of studio interference. Of oh, fucking course it will, Anthony. And yeah, he said it really left a sour taste in his mouth. One of the reasons why he went and made the terrible record that he made this year was because he wanted to have fun again. But... You know, I think if you're going to take the paycheck for this kind of a movie, then absolutely what you release musically alongside it is going to be fairly non-committal. Sterile is one of the words yeah, that came to mind here. But you know, Imagine Dragons seem like the perfect band to do that. Definitely. I mean, yeah. You know, this the, the, the kind of hook to this is just like some watered down Alt-J or something. It's, 
And that's all you can say about that. <laughs> One band that will not have to deal with such requests you feel in the next little while, and certainly that won't be expected to release something sterile anytime soon. Run the Jewels are back. They've brought news, which we'll have in a second, but also a track. It's called Legend Has It. So yeah, new track and like I say, news too. Uh, finally, we have confirmation the album is on the way. Yay! Woo. January oh. the 13th. Run the Jewels yeah. 3 or TJ 3. Giving away for free apparently. Um, Danny, Bre- Danny Brown's going to be on it which I'm very excited about you got Danny Brown uh, I believe there's a member of TV on the radio on there Boots mm-hmm. of course was previously confirmed and so far so good I think sure and indeed same goes for what we've heard of it so far uh, we got a track of course uh, a month or two ago this is the second taste and yeah I mean we talked at that point that it was pretty much going to be a sequel record to what we've uh, what we've heard before, yeah. we said at the time we're fine with that. This probably doesn't do anything to change that. No, it's very much a continuation, and they've talked about this, you know, being another part in what will now be a trilogy. I'm guessing they're saying this time around you are the jewel, so it's going to be very affirming and kind of like it feels like a kind of you know celebration almost. And yeah, they're very confident on this as they should be. The production's tight as feck as per usual. It's great. Yeah. The, the artwork is stunning as well. It I is. Mean, like, they've pretty, pretty much already sewn up best album artwork for uh, 2017. And yeah, I mean, I think we're in the jewels. There's only so much you can really say. And I don't mean that in some kind of weird, you know, reductive way. But ultimately, they do what they do. They have their signature style down so well at this point that, you know, ultimately, it's just like diving into them and their stream of consciousness at the time. Uh, I love everything that they do. I They just have such incredible language and cadence. And I'm such a fan. I can't wait for this record. Uh, I was giving out today about records that were like more than 10 tracks long. This one is 14 tracks long. And in this situation, I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, okay, fair enough. Now, it should be said that we pretty much ended the show last week by saying something similar. Saying that the Weekends album at 18 tracks was not necessarily going to put us off. It certainly didn't stop us from giving it a fair few spins this week. Mm. This is what it sounds like. And when we come back... We're going to have a verdict that yeah could get interesting. That is the lead single and the title track of The Weekend Starboy, uh, released uh, about 10 days ago at this point. We have been listening to it a lot since its release. And yeah, we said at 18 tracks, we hoped it wasn't going to be a slog. Well, how did that go for you? Well, the only thing that's kind of uncompromising about it is its length. 
because it's him very much just ha- with one foot in the kind of pop star role, pop star world, and then still doing bits of that kind of, you know, sound that he more or less, you know, created and perfected himself before we even kind of knew who he was, which is, to my mind, the most interesting stuff. But this is just so flabby, and there's kind of so many generic pop tracks, light R&B tracks that just sound like placeholders for something better, and he just kind of decided to stick it all out. And certainly by, you know, midway through the second half, you're kind of just saying, do we need another song that sounds like this? Repetition is arguably the biggest problem that this record has, and it has several. Um, I think Cullen is right to kind of, you know, flag me there when I'm saying, hey, you know, 14 tracks would be grand, because to be fair, at 18 tracks, this is bloated. And it was, blo- like, Beauty Behind the Madness was bloated with, I think it was 14 tracks there when it came out last year. The main issue, as I say there, is that this is nothing that we don't already know, and we're being told it again, and then we're being told it again, and then he's telling us again. And now, if you're not familiar with The weekend, and if you only know like the hits or whatever that he's had in the last kind of year or so, essentially, uh, when he came out of nowhere, there was mystery as to who or what he was, uh, with a trilogy of mixtapes later released as Trilogy, and eventually he kind of, you know, came out of the shadows, revealed who he was, people thought it was a collective, it's just one guy. Now granted, he's worked with a lot of different people. But ultimately, there was a lot of kind of darkness there, there was a lot of kind of moodiness, and you were like, okay, well what's this guy really about? He decided to tip that on his head in the last couple of years by announcing that he wants to be the biggest pop star in the world, and that's where the likes of Can't Feel My Face, and working with the likes of Max Martin came from. He managed to balance it quite well, I thought, on that record, which followed up Kissland, which I think is quite an underrated effort, actually, I think it's a really good record. And... With this, it's doubling down. I mean, the fact that we even have it a year after the previous one, you're like, well, this guy's really going for it. Like, you know, you're bringing in Daft Punk, you're working with Max Martin again, you're working with, you know, you've got people like Sam Smith on there, Lana Del Rey's back once more, Kendrick Lamar has a verse, Future's on there twice for some inexplicable reason. It's a glitzy, gilded affair. And The weekend's kind of stock and trade is that he likes to have a lot of sex, he likes to do a lot of drugs, he likes to get completely fucked up. But enough about me. <laughs> and he then likes to complain about it. And essentially, that can work, and it has worked on tracks like Wicked Games, on even like Can't Feel My Face, you know, The Hills, which balance it so well, Tears in the Rain, Wanderlust. He's got an incredible cluster of great songs that deal with this subject matter. But it does become a bit one dimensional, even if it is exaggerated or not, we don't quite know. I'd imagine he is having quite a good time. But at the same time, when you're just getting in my face now and telling me that this is a problem for you and then telling me again two tracks later and then telling me again two tracks later and then telling me again two tracks later it's a bit much and i'm a fan but it's a bit much it is and frankly yeah moderation is key (laughs) in so much of this record and you know i was reminded of as cliched as it sounds that old Miles davis line you know it's not just the notes you play it's the notes you don't And really the secret to pop so much of it is your economy. And that, you know, there's not a pick of fat on the best pop songs. That's what makes them great pop songs. And then you get a record like this, which, you know, it's flabby, it's bloated, are the words that you guys used. You can hear what he's trying to do at times, I feel. Uh, He's very much obsessed with a sort of a 1980s pop sound. And there's very definitely kind of like really strong Michael Jackson hints poking through here it's more than hints well rather yeah it's yeah. a lot more than hints in some cases it's actual just rehashes of songs but 
there's another 1980s name that jumps out to me, and it's kind of like that Stock Aiken and Waterman approach of, like, let's get three hit singles, four hit singles, and then just shove any L shite that you can turn out in the studio so that we can make it into a full album. It really is the sort of, here's a killer, but then here's a lot of filler. And on this album, it's a lot. There's an argument to be made that tracks one and track 18 are the standout songs in the record, the two you with yeah. Daft Punk called it and called then in it. between you're wrong though <laughs> you're totally wrong but well, I mean, like, there's another handful of songs that yeah, are so I mean but. obviously we've all heard Starboy at this stage if you haven't been streaming um, I feel it coming then you're going to be hearing it very soon because it, yeah it's got hit written all over it Let's get into the Sure, we'll have a quick listen then. to I Feel It Coming, just real quick, just to refresh it as that kind of dichotomy. Mm-hmm. So this is I Feel It Coming. Lovely stuff. <laughs> I like the song, but it is Daft Punk by Numbers. No, well, you're just saying that because they have the robot voices towards the end, which they should stop doing at this stage. But I know <laughs> what you're saying. Uh, it's it's also a very nice closer. It is an excellent closer. It uh, totally works. It, it as a actually closer. kind of makes you feel better about what you've just gone through. For, do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, like, okay, look. For me, the first four tracks in this record is the strongest run. Yeah, well, I, I think it would make a, an amazing EP. The, the title track, which I've been pushing with you guys for the last couple of months, I think is one of the best songs of the year. I think it's fantastic. Party Monster, I think, is excellent. I think it has that incredibly good horror movie vibe that The Hills had. I think, nice. I think he does it very, very well. I think even like you know, like lines like "I'm like uh, got up, thank the Lord for the day, woke up by a girl, I don't even know her name." I like the the duality there. I, yeah, and that's a really good. Dark do, do you tale. like the cocaine sniffs that he's just stuck on it? Because you know that's a bad omen <laughs> of where we're going with this record when you're just having on the second track. Like. Well, it leads well into false alarm, <laughs> which, see, where he a, goes dance punk. False alarm doesn't quite work. I think the verses are great. The chorus, I admire what he was going for. The marriage of styles doesn't gel, but I think it's something different at least. You see, this is the thing for me. That's symptomatic of the whole album. And, you know, it's funny that you picked that line out from Party Monster. That sort of, um, woke up by a girl, don't even know her name, becomes a hook in the song. And you don't realise how potent it is until about the last 20 seconds, at which point the rest of the song has sort of been stripped away. Because a lot of the verses of that song are lyrically cack. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and true of a lot of this record. He There's some clumsy stuff on it's this. It's not only the fact that it's necessarily going to be lyrically weak, because then there's other areas where the lyrics are extremely strong, uh, such as the track that I think you were just about to come on to, Reminder, Reminder. and it has that great lines, those great lines about um, winning a Teen Choice Award for Can't Feel My Face. And he's resentful of it. Well, and he's and like... And he didn't actually win it, apparently. No, no, he didn't win the Teen Choice. He won a, he won a, 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 a similar type of award, oh, like and, then he said, and then he says, you know, goddamn bitch, I am not a Teen Choice. Yeah, and he's like, you know, uh, wondering about a girl, like, humming off a bag of blow. And it's a funny lyric. It's a good lyric. Yeah. But it's stuck in a song that has nothing that ostensibly sounds like any sort of real melodic hook. Well, I think his flow is the melodic hook on this one, because I, I, I think he glides over this arrangement but see, here's wonderfully. The thing, like, but it's strange, because this song is an illustration of the dichotomy on this record that, that, that is ultimately quite problematic, in as much as 
he wants to be all things to all people, and you can't be that. And the problem is that he's, on one hand, saying, uh, I'm really resentful of being in this category. But you released Can't Feel My Face, and it was the biggest song of last summer. Yeah, so it's, a, it's, a we- it's a real kind of weak attempt. He's trying at, yeah. to still be the guy who was on tracks like Wicked Games in 28, and also be the guy who released In the Night and Can't Feel My Face. You can't be both of those people, and that's why Starboy doesn't work overall. And do you know what? If he just went, if he just followed his kind of, his intuition, I think he'd still be having the big hits. I mean, Starboy's, the, the title track's been well, really well received. Lyrically, that's great. It has that darkness. The Hills kind of almost true back to earlier weekend stuff. That was a big hit. Excellent he song. doesn't need to be, like, I know he's had a lot of success with Max Martin. But by the time you then you get onto rocking, which just sounds like such a it's generic, a Justin cast yeah. off. and every Max Martin tune on this, and they're mainly towards the back end. They're just so generic. Rocking and, is the kind of thing that you hear in Changing Rooms and Top Shop. Yeah, mm. it's, uh, it's it's beneath him. True Colors is the worst song he has released in his entire. It's an career. Or Kelly jam. It's a Or <laughs> Kelly fucking seaside. It's terrible. I mean, it's. It's so bad. It, yeah. it, like it's, it's shocking. I, I can't get over it. It's like one of those songs. I hate it. It's like, do you know what it's like? It's like, and I sent this to you the other day. It's the fat guy who sings Smash Mouth's um, <laughs> rock star. Let's not body shame. Over every song he can find. And it's like, you know, these are lyrics from a completely different song and it's never going to fit. And that's what True Colors is. But yeah, for me, like I say, the, the, this is just a thought that reoccurs throughout this album that there are just pieces that don't fit together and it ends up bringing the, the, the sum of it down but the weird thing is it starts off with such a, such a rush such a cocaine high if you will and then it goes into like you know Rockin which doesn't quite work Secrets which is really good and Secrets nods great song, it yeah. nods to the romantics and their excellent song Talking in Your Sleep yeah, tears but then well. once the true yeah sorry once the true colours thing comes in it turns into like R&B by numbers and I mean even like Sidewalks which has Kendrick Lamar and has that much hyped verse from him which I think is good yeah it's 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 at not le- peak Kendrick at least he mentions Starboy yeah. in it so he can't be accused of it just being taken from that <laughs> vault he has there he just recorded stuff in. but once Kendrick goes away and you get the second half of the record right you then get a stack of songs in which okay there's like eight of them here we could have had four yeah because oh, totally you know Six Feet Under with Future is boring uh, Love to Lay I think is really good but it's just a Michael Jackson karaoke song mm. yeah it is it's uh, karaoke karaoke is the word I think. same with A Lonely Night and Attention Ordinary Life like all of these tracks they just run into each other and it just sounds so like I can't differentiate it and when I feel it coming comes along as Craig says it is like getting a breath again because you're yeah, like oh cool that's fun. There is a sense of relief involved. There is. Have you seen we the made it. <laughs> Have you seen the short film that he put out to accompany this record? No, I have not. Colin? Yeah, I have. Twelve minutes long, it's called Mania. Yeah. And it uh, contains cuts from the record and it picks up where the Starboy video ends where he's driving away in the car. And it's exquisite to look at. The director of photography was a lady by the name of Natasha Breyer, who was the same director of photography on Nicholas Winding Reference The Neon Demon this year, mm-hmm. which looked unbelievable. So naturally it looks incredible. And it kind of sums it all up, really, in terms of here's the weekend in his amazing car. He's got his big giant panther with him. He's in a club. Uh, he's in the bathroom, and some guy is about to try and kill him, but that guy ends up getting horrifically murdered, and the weekend's covered in blood. And now he's dancing with this dead-eyed model who was the panther, I guess. And it's all opulent, and it's all excess, and he's there, you know, dancing away and having a great time and smiling at the camera as the credits roll, and it looks like something out of a Kubrick film, and you're like, you have it all. 
but it's all so empty. And yeah, like is that the me- the, the message is that it's empty, but it's also kind of just empty because he's not really saying anything. No, yeah, there's and no commentary here. Yeah. And it's just here I am, and I'm not sure if this works, but I'm telling you it works because I want everyone to believe that I am this persona and I want to be the biggest thing in the world. But I'm also subversive. Yeah, just yeah. doesn't really. And it's funny that you talk about the Neon Demon right there because a lot of people pointed to that as being an example how he's sort of ridden that wave from Drive and been able to do some interesting things and weird things and, you know, has maybe, like, tried to find what works and what doesn't or whatever. Mm -hmm. On this record, there seems to be no concept of what works or what doesn't Mm. for the weekend. And it's such a yawning chasm that even though there are a handful of standout tracks here, the lows just dilute it to the point that it's really not a strong record anymore. That's the problem. And The Neon Demon, by the way, I mean, has also been met with a lot of mixed reviews. I personally think it's great. I think it's the best film in 2016. But with this album, I had such high hopes and I tried for so long to kind of go with it and be like, I know what he's trying to do here, but it became, I think Yawning Chasm is the best way to put it. I reviewed it for Drain and Sound. I gave it 6 out of 10. But even now... 24 hours removed from me filing that review I'd almost lower that I'd almost go five and a half and and I can't believe I'm saying that about the fucking weekend yeah it'd probably be verging on a kind of five five and a half for me I mean it's yeah it's really not that strong whatsoever and as Colm says there's just so many tracks that you would want to skip that it, it kind of takes away from the jams that are here and there is great stuff here but it's just yeah overall well I imagine I imagine this is how it feels to kind of like stand in some murky river and pan for gold that you've never done that that you know there's going to be a gem or two along here somewhere but (laughs) frankly is it worth the hassle is it worth the amount of shite that you're going to pick up along the way and yeah it's a very disappointing album it's probably a five for me i think it is worth the struggle i will say and i will stick with my six because that's what i put out in print so fair enough but I think what works works incredibly well, and I'm probably going to do a, a Craig on Kanye on this and make my own album edit, Shit. which will involve me trimming so much of the fat. But I still think that first four-track run is excellent. I think Secrets is great. I think Sidewalks has its moments. Yeah, it works. I think Love to Lay is fun if you allow him the indulgence of doing the Michael Jackson thing. And I think I feel it coming makes for a strong closer. I think there was a better EP here than there was a record. And yeah. yeah, we're only we're only a year on from his last record. And that's so why it should just, have been yeah. an EP. Yeah. It should have been, here is a taste of what I'm up to. But as it stands, this is a misstep. It's a bit of a brick. Mm-hmm. But it won't harm him. I think he'll be fine. No. The one thing that I would say, though, is that, you know, if, as you presume, he's going to have three or four singles from this album, just enjoy the three or four singles, presuming that they're the three or four best songs. There's not a ton more on the full length. Yeah. Catch them on the radio, like Dark yeah. Brooks. <laughs> there you go. I still love the guy. My review ends with a plea in which I said, directly to him, I'm sure he's reading it. I said, you got a phenomenal voice and I really hope that you find it again. So yeah, tweet him. <laughs> tweet at the weekend. Um, if that is not getting a spin this week, then what? Well, um, how about you guys go first if you have anything? Uh, bizarrely, I've been uh, playing an old, uh, new album uh, from Jojo 
Uh, She's coming to the academy. Yeah, precisely. And that's what that's what put it into my head. Uh, sh- she of leave right now, if anybody yeah. at home is trying to place it. Um, yeah, it, it it's generic pop. It's not very good. But that's frankly the only other album that I've listened to in the last few days. So, well, uh, I've been going yeah. backwards because we do have our songs of the year and albums of the year coming up in the next two episodes. So we that's do. been what I've been concentrating on. And it's been most enjoyable. I'm very, very excited about those episodes, by the way. Next week, our next episode, we will run down our top 20 songs of the year, as decided by the three of us. So, uh, why 20 songs, guys? Because when I first said that we should do this, I was thinking 30, and I was thinking maybe 25, but I was shouted down by both Craig and Cullum, who believed that 20 was the way to go. And it turned out to be an extremely difficult task. Um, But I just feel, for the podcast... We'll have more room to have an old chat. Um, and we can also mention things that miss the cut. But I just also, think we don't want to be like, and another track, and another. I know. do agree that, you know, if you're going to be ruthless. Because, I mean, 2016 is a year that people will remember for a lot of bad things. But I think musically, in terms of what was released this year, I thought it was a very, very strong year. And I think if we're like, well, these are the 20 best songs that we feel are the 20 best ones in our first ever countdown uh, on this show, yeah. I'm happy Get to hype. stand by it. And not to give away the game or anything, but what I will say is this, when we combined our lists and our kind of collective thing, the number one track surprised me. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's interesting. But it's arguably a worthy winner. And we'll get there next week with the week after being albums. In terms of albums that you can listen to this year, um, every time the show kicks off, apart from themed episodes on occasion... The musical sting that you hear is by a friend of mine. It's actually by my old band, would you believe? Uh, Sites Distorted, the name of the track is Linear. And in that band, which is kind of a permanently on hiatus project, uh, my my good friend David O'Brien is essentially the chief kind of engineer of that whole makeup. He's pretty much taught himself how to become a producer. Um, and I, it's I'm very, very impressed by what he comes up with. He has just put the finishing touches on his new project. It's a personal project. It's called Envoy. And he, it's a ten-track record. Thank you, Dave. In which uh, he, it's 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 very hard to describe. It's kind of it's very challenging. It's very rewarding. It's kind of pop meets industrial, which is kind of what he's all about. And I've heard it. I think it's fantastic. I'm biased, of course, but I like to think that if I'd never heard this thing before and I heard it for the first time, I, I would have been blown away by it. I think he's done something very very special. That album is called, and this is an album title for you. The album is called Bleached Apostle. Oh, excellent. Yeah, man. It opens up with... a uh, th- The first track on the record is called Kanye's Track, in which Kanye West gets some dialogue before we, s- we jump into it. I would say for fans of Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, David Bowie, Mushroom Heads, and again, if you like your pop music, there's a lot of kind of inflections in that regard. Give it a go. If you like what you hear now, I'm going to play you the title track as our exit music this week. Hit up his SoundCloud. It's soundcloud.com slash envoy-2. Should be on his Bandcamp as well by the time this comes out. Uh, I'm so fucking proud of you, man. You've done an incredible, incredible piece of work with this record. This is Envoy. This is Bleached Apostle. My name is Dave Hanready. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. And we'll be back to you next week with the 20 best songs of 2016. Yeah.
HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details. Hi, guys. Right. How's it going? Just... All right. Yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, like... yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Craig and Kanye this week. Uh, he's been up to a lot of different... Trim your pubes, mate. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I love your public <laughs> service <laughs> announcement. <laughs> we should respect them more. <laughs> You've been watching Planet oh, Earth, haven't you? I hoped. I hoped. I hoped. Oh, God, The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle... Is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast? The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.